0: broomhead show KTAR news
1: 923 FM and the KTAR news app you know i'm a, i'm a pretty excitable person i uh, i'm easy i am I'm, I'm pretty passionate when i talk i'm always i'm a loud talker I, even though i'm on the air right now and you can't see me i talk with my hands i'm animated um, but what i don't do is i i don't i don't get vitriolic. Unless I'm driving. And I'm working on that. I'm working on the road rage. But um, I, don't, I don't think that threats and anger solve a problem. You can be animated and passionate without being angry. When it comes to the elections in Arizona, it's a passionate topic for me as well. I have disagreed largely with members of my party. And it's been a very interesting experiment for me personally. Because um, truly, there are a lot of people that I respect. I do respect them that believe that our elections are not fair, that they believe that 2020 and 2022 are flawed, if not outright stolen, flawed. I don't subscribe to it. I didn't like the way the audit was done in Arizona. Obviously, because of the job I do, I was vocal about it. I'm honest about my opinions. And I've maintained relationships with people, although we've had interesting discussions about it. There have been people largely out of state That have made threats. Um, I played an audio of a a threat that was made against uh, Clint Hickman, who I had on the show. You're going to hear audio of the interview this morning. I hope you'll go back and listen to the whole interview. Um, But – there was someone that put an interview uh, uh, put a YouTube video up everybody's on YouTube you know everybody now is uh, and this guy was it, it makes me laugh at the, how people get worked up and they say such dumb things so this guy I'm coming to Arizona and I'm going to affect a citizen's arrest on you and and I played it on the air and then I said this guy doesn't even realize how dumb he sounds because let's say he was able to pull that off now I'm pretty sure Clint Hickman can protect himself and his family not wishing violence on anybody but it's not going to be an easy task getting into Clint Hickman's house and uh, arresting him but let's say you as this private citizen from Iowa uh, comes to Arizona and you're going to arrest Clint Hickman and you somehow do you get the handcuffs on him where do you take him what, Facebook jail? Do you think you're going to take them down to the jail here in Maricopa County and and uh, the sheriff is going to open the doors of the jail and take the arrestee in and you're going to press charges? I mean, again, it's just it's such a flawed, angry. And we all do this when you get angry sometimes and you are in an argument and you're ready to fight. You say dumb things. that You don't know why you said them later because you're not thinking right. So people at the county, election workers, have been threatened. And Clint Hickman has had enough. He's the chairman of the Board of Supervisors, and he wants it to stop. So he went public. Here's what he said.
2: Threats made to people that are punching in, going to work, doing a job for the county, sometimes volunteers, and working in the space called elections. And and the, and their main, their main crime is answering the phone and trying to help people get information. And they have threats. <laughs> And of violence towards them, just because they have the audacity to answer the phone and try to point people to where they can get information, it has to stop. And and I agree
1: with him. Uh, you shouldn't. So I talk about people defeating their own purposes. Um, I, I, when it comes to policing, I think that the people that say they want safer neighborhoods and better relationships with the police, better understanding that police officers need to understand the community better. The community needs to be able to trust police officers. I agree with them in principle. I don't agree with them in practice when they say defunding the police unless police are the answer. I think they defeat their own purpose. If you really want safer neighborhoods, what you have to do is have more police officers that have better, more time to train and are proper. Better trained, I should say properly because they are properly trained. Better ongoing training and also doing more proactive policing where the only time that they're not seen in neighborhoods is when they're flying down the street affecting arrests. That sometimes they're in the community and they're able to um, build rapport with the community. That's what everybody wants. That's a better way of getting it. And so here is the part of this that gets me. The very people that are saying these things are subscribed to the idea of a couple of things. Number 1, mail-in voting is where a lot of the fraud is happening. Signature matches and things of that nature. The other part of it is a big a big chunk of people believe that the tabulation machines are flawed and are rigged and can be rigged and they can change votes. So they want to go to one day, one vote counted by hand, meaning no more early ballots, everybody votes on election day, and then your ballots are counted by hand. Well, it is going to take an army of people. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 John Kavanaugh is one of our state legislators. I think he's proposing a piece of legislation that would do a study on how long it would take to hand count the elections in Arizona, how long that would take. Um You're going to need an army of people to do that because you're going to have to have representatives of both major parties looking at ballots to keep each other in check. So if you're going to have to hire an army of people to do that and you're threatening the lives and the safety of the people that are now working for elections and they're leaving – How are you going to accomplish your goals by chasing people away from elections? Because it cannot be just your side of the argument and political aisle, but your side of the argument that gets to count the ballots. You have to have people that don't agree with you in that room counting ballots and you chase them all off. You've done your best to chase me off, which is never going to happen. But. You're chasing people away, and what I mean by that is they're not necessarily afraid of you, but they don't want to be deal with the fight. You know, there are just – people are busy. People have stress with their families and their kids and their jobs and paying bills, and they lead a stressful life. You think they're going to want to get involved in this process? Would you imagine being a poll worker or being somebody that works in the elections department for a part-time job or a volunteer job to be treated like that? Give me a break. They're going to walk away. How many people are going to have to be at the polls if you have same-day elections in only one day? How many polling locations you're going to have to have and how many poll workers? How are you going to attract those workers with the way they are being treated right now? It's a fair question. You got people watching ballot drop boxes and tactical gear and, and bandanas over their face. Now you're going to ask volunteers to go work in a polling location and make those people go inside the polling location? It's, it's just – it doesn't make any sense to me. So I asked him um, about the threats, and he said, "Unfortunately, he's used to it.
2: I've been threatened. Unfortunately, I'm I'm getting used to it. That's not why I've I've chosen to uh, do my public service uh, to this this great state and this great county. Uh, but unfortunately, this this just brings brings attention to it."
1: Yeah, it it's a rough, rough place to be. So we'll see what the attorney general does with this, if she will act on it. Uh coming up in a moment, we have a segment called uh, Did You Hear This? We do it every day at eleven twenty to get you caught up on the headlines. It's coming up here in just a few moments.
0: Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News,
1: 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Time to catch you up on the big headlines and news stories of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this?
0: Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. President and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, Danny Seiden, says that the Super Bowl will have a huge economic
2: impact on the state. We believe, and I've talked to other economists who believe this will will easily surpass the 720 of eight years ago. So we're excited about that. We're excited to see where we land. You know, I've heard anywhere from 600 to billion projected.
0: How can the Super Bowl help
1: create a lasting impact on Arizona? Well, there's a lot of different things that happen, and he talked about the uh, the, the different um, seminars that they have and get-togethers for CEOs. Um, you know, with the cost that it, t- it, for what it costs to get into the Super Bowl, it is a destination for corporate CEOs, corporate corporations take their biggest clients and this is how they pay them back. A lot, and, You know, if you don't know this happens, they take people on vacations or they'll do things to get with them. You know, when I was a contractor, one of the things I would always do with clients is get them on a golf course. You get to spend four hours with a client and doing something you enjoy, build relationships. That's just something you try to do. Well, at the corporate level, at the big corporate level, this is what you do. You take your best clients to the Super Bowl. An opportunity for the Chamber of Commerce and members of the legislature, the governor's office, and people that work at building business and industry have an opportunity to talk to some corporate CEOs and job creators about why Arizona is a great destination for your business. The long-term effects of that That are you see people relocate, but you have industry relocate as well. That's part of the long term effect.
0: Chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Clint Hickman spoke to you about the commonality of threats being made to election workers.
2: I've been threatened. Unfortunately, I'm I'm getting used to it. That's not why I've I've chosen to uh, do my public service uh, to this this great state and this great county, uh, but unfortunately, this this just brings brings attention to it.
0: How do we get these threats to stop?
1: Uh, there's a couple of things have to happen. Um, the rhetoric has to be toned down, I believe, um, and understanding people's anger. There's a difference. You know, there are times that anger is a good thing, but you have to stop from anger to violence. You've got to not cross that line, and when you you have uh, that kind of when you have people reacting in that way they have to be told to knock it off by their own side of the, of the argument people doing it from the opposite side of the argument just infuriate and inflame it even more but when people say hey I agree with you and we're trying to accomplish something here and you're not helping that goes a long way with getting people to calm down and hopefully that's coming next you're listening to did you hear this we do it every day at this time to get you caught up on uh, all the headlines
0: President and CEO of Education Forward Arizona, Rich Nichols, says that the signups for the ESA expansion aren't what people might think.
2: The folks who I think, you know, ideally we would like to see use this are having a hard time using it for lots of other reasons, uh, mainly because the cost over the voucher is uh, substantial in most cases. It doesn't really allow them to utilize the voucher money in the way that I think some people may, you know, theorize that it can be used.
0: How do we ensure that the ESA is accessible for everyone?
1: Well, it is accessible for everyone. With their- are saying is they don't want it just accessible to people that have wealth. I just think that everybody should have an opportunity to funnel the money anywhere they want to. I believe that's true choice for for consumers. And I believe this, that districts that are performing well are going to have no problems because families are going to stay in those neighborhoods and those schools. It's the schools that are not meeting the needs of the families that are going to have an issue. That kind of competition breeds success. I understand what he's saying about taking money out of the public schools system, but I don't have a problem with a family, I don't care how much money you make, taking the tax dollars that are attached to your child and spending them the best way you see fit. I think that's what real school choice is.
0: Tom Brady's officially stepping away from his 23-year NFL career.
2: I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I uh, won't be long-winded if you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so... I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me.
0: Is he the most talented quarterback you've seen?
1: I don't know about most talented. I mean, there's a, talent is a bunch of different things, um, but I do think he's the most successful, and overall he is probably the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen based on the success and longevity of his career. He is truly a once-in-a-generation quarterback. He is one of the people that uh, this generation will be talking about. There was the Joe Montanas. There have been the Terry Bradshaws. There have been the Roger Stallbacks. There have been other quarterbacks that have been, and I know I'm going to leave something out that people get angry about, but he is a once-in-a-generation talent in and, and especially with his success, and uh, I wish him the best. All right, that's Did You Hear This Again for another day. Great job, Julia, as always, and we'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. Um, it, it's fascinating to me um, with some of the things that are happening. The, the Clint Hickman interview, and I think what I'm going to do before I end the show is play a little bit more of what he said. Um, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I've known – uh Clint Hickman for a, for a long time both on the air off the air he is a friend and um he sounded almost solemn, like he was he was like hurt. Uh, I I know that he faced threats himself, which he downplayed. There were some serious threats against him and his family. He had over a hundred people so, uh, show up outside of his home. Um, they had to call the sheriff's department, and uh, I know that bothered him, especially when it involved his family. But now, listening to him talk about people that work in the elections department, I understand the disagreement, and I'm not. We even talked with him about the about the problems that they had on election day but the threats against people's life and people's safety is is just ridiculous and you can't excuse that at all in any capacity but what we're going to do in a moment is shift back to the economy back to a little bit of the conversation we had with danny seiden uh, from the arizona chamber of commerce and we're going to talk about some of the good things that are still happening here in arizona and why so we'll discuss them next
0: values and strong opinions.
1: The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, here's a couple of headlines. McDonald's sales profits estimates as uh, inflation persists. Um, McDonald's sales profit top estimates as inflation persists. Uh, higher menu prices and customer visits boosted McDonald's Corporation quarterly profits. Shares of the burger chain fell about 2.6% in U.S. training after are gaining 6% over the last 12 months. Um, there is good, there's some mixture of good news in our economy, especially here in Arizona. The real estate market remains strong, um, even though we've seen some dips. We're not seeing, and again, I want to be clear. I'm giving you an opinion. I don't give it financial advice. Trust me. You don't want financial advice from me. But I look I, – I spend a lot of time with people and, and people all over the political map, but also people all over the economic spectrum. Um, I have friends that are billionaires and multimillionaires, and I have friends that are as working class as I've been my whole life. And I love it that way because I learn a lot from both groups. And Arizona is in a good place. We have to stay the course in a lot of ways, and I hope that we do. But when you look at what's happening, job growth is slowing. One of the big issues that we we have in my, this is just my very simplistic view of the economy, the saving grace of this enormous inflation has been the job market has remained strong, the need for employees. We are seeing, especially in the tech industry, we are seeing massive layoffs. Amazon is laying people off. You've got now um, uh, the people at PayPal are saying about 7% of their workforce is going to be laid off. If we start seeing a drop in those those jobs – Then we are going to spiral very quickly into a recession, and that's what they're trying to stop. We're supposed to hear this week about the possibility of another rate increase. Will that happen? Well, I think a lot depends on it. What is the Fed going to do? Are they going to have a small increase because they feel as if it's working that it is now? We're better news as far as the economy slowing down. But with gas prices, which, again, is so funny now they're saying out of our control, but they were taking credit when the prices were going down. Gas prices, because demand has gone up both in this country, but China is opening back up after COVID. There is a higher demand. This is where I talk about policy. Sorry to keep saying it. If the United States doesn't understand the demand in the world, we could do things simultaneously. I just again, I love social media uh, talking about energy independence. It isn't necessarily an either or. I'm not a fan of ESAs, or I'm sorry, of EVs, of, of EVs. I'm not a big fan of electric vehicles. I think they're great. I've been in a Tesla. It's very cool. The Ford Lightning is an amazing truck. Even the electric uh, Mustang is very cool. I don't think that it should be pushed as hard as it's being pushed. That's my opinion. The government shouldn't be pushing it as hard as they are. But that doesn't mean we can't do both simultaneously, And this is where it's not compromising principle. It isn't being a moderate Republican or a moderate Democrat. What it is is being thoughtful about what the American people want. So hear me out. If President Biden were to say – Climate change is the number one challenge that we face as Americans and the world faces today. We have got to address climate change. We need to move in the direction of renewable energy, speaking specifically of electric vehicles as a wave of the future. Infrastructure and all the things we need to make that happen is what this administration is going to do. I would not subscribe to that political ideology. But if he partnered it with saying, in the meantime, we understand that the world is very dependent on fossil fuels, oil, natural gas, and it's not just to fuel things, but so many products are built with petroleum base. We have a huge dependence in this world on petroleum-based products and fossil fuels in general. So as long as that need exists, America needs to be the number one producer and refiner because we do it safer than the majority of the world. So what we are going to do is make sure that we are truly energy independent with fossil fuels, oil and natural gas, while we transition and we lessen the need for those fossil fuels by moving in the direction of electric vehicles. If Biden said that and really did it, what could I argue with him about? nothing and i don't agree with the with the electric vehicle stance but if he said we understand that national security and economic security of the united states Means We don't have to depend on the UAE and OPEC nations and others to set the price based on their lack of production of this resource that we need so badly. We need to be able to control our own destiny. Therefore, we have a bigger seat at the table. Therefore, working families in America don't have to worry about four and five dollar per gallon gasoline or choosing between heating their homes and buying groceries while we are working very hard by sending John Kerry all over the planet on a private jet to talk about climate change and a carbon footprint. Where's the argument there? But that's not what they're doing. They demonize the fossil fuel industry. They want to move away from fossil fuels faster than we can keep up with electric vehicles and alternate resources. And because of our lack of ability to produce enough to be self-sufficient, we are now turning over production to other parts of the world. And I can prove it to you because somebody said to me on social media today, well, when you factor in exports, we could be energy independent if we didn't export so much oil. Let me explain why that – where. I think the argument gets defeated. It gets defeated here. We went to the Iranians, to the Saudis, to the United Arab Emirates. We went to the Venezuelans. We went to all of these nations and asked them for help with production. When the OPEC nations had a meeting and said they were going to reduce production of oil in in essence, driving up the price of a barrel of oil, the Biden administration put in a phone call and said, A, please don't do it before the midterm elections. And they didn't even want to take the phone call. My point is, if we were truly energy independent with the behind the scenes battle that's going on with the Saudis right now, the, you know the Saudis had an agreement here that the dollar would be the trading currency for oil. So if you are anywhere in the world and you want to buy oil from the Saudis, we had a handshake agreement, I think it goes all the way back to the Nixon administration, we had a, a handshake agreement with the Saudis that they would use the dollar as the currency for trading and, and selling oil. And this is how it's been since the 1970s. So we are the default currency for that international trading of oil. The Saudis in recent months have been in conversations with the Chinese to start also selling oil using their currency, which takes away from the Americans power in the market with the value of the dollar. So the Saudis have no loyalty toward America and America's economy. There isn't an allied relationship there. And yet we're going there and asking them to keep production high so that the cost is low. And they said no. That's where my problem with policy lies. It isn't a personality contest. It is about policy. And national security and financial security and working families in America are paying for this at the pump. Whenever this happens, when demand goes up and supply doesn't or can't fast enough and the price jacks up like it has, this is what we see happening. Um, All right. Coming up in a moment, my interview with Clint Hickman. More about election integrity but also about threats against anyone that doesn't agree that the elections were stolen and anybody they believe might be a part of the problem. We'll talk about the solution he proposed coming up here next.
0: And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: An interesting proposal on in the state legislature. Senator John Kavanaugh, Senate Bill 1471, as a proposal that would test how long it would take to hand count a full election in Arizona. Now, it would limit the test to only a county that has over 2 million people, meaning only Maricopa County would be involved in this. Um, now, we have had Stephen Richer on the show. If you don't know who Stephen is, Stephen is the county recorder. He is in charge of early voting in Arizona, and he runs the election office for the county. He is against the hand count. He doesn't think that it could be done efficiently or as accurately, but he is in favor of this test, and here is why. Uh Stephen Richer says he believes – that this would show that the tabulation machines are accurate. And th- I'm going to read the quote. <clears throat> this legislation will build confidence in our election system by showing that the machine t- uh, tabulation is highly accurate, free of bias and fast. So he agrees with this test. Um, the county would feed. So they would do a sample of the ballots from an area, and based on this sample, the county would feed the actual ballots into tabulation machines, while photocopies of those ballots would be hand counted by at least two members of the three major parties in Arizona, and they would do a hand count and then see how efficient the tabulation machine is or how accurate the tabulation machine is, and how long it takes to count those ballots by hand, and by virtue of that, how long it would take to hand count the entire state. That's what this would do and what it's what it would do would would be a couple of things would show the viability of a hand count of the votes because there are many people like steven Richer that say it would take way too long i will say this based on what we've seen with hand counts takes way too long we are already talking about how do we get quicker results and there have been a few things that have been pointed out and i think they're they're a good idea um And we'll get to that in a moment. But if you look at the audit and what happened in Maricopa County when the 2020 election audit happened, they had workers working almost around the clock on that audit. And it took months just to count Maricopa County. Months. This was with all the ballots available to them, with volunteers throughout the facility, Here's the other thing about a hand count that I want to throw out there. Maybe you haven't thought of this, but this is how my twisted mind works. Not only do you have to have an army of people from – multiple political parties in order to make this happen for accuracy because if you're a Democrat, you're not going to let Republicans count the ballots and if you're a Republican, you're not going to let Democrats count the ballots and if you're an independent, you don't want either of them touching those ballots. So you're going to want a mixture to make sure you're holding each other accountable which means I have to look at the ballot and say, yes, this is who they voted for. I agree they voted for these people and then you look at it and you say we're on opposite sides politically but you're right. That's what this ballot says and then you put the vote count that way Um, and that's the only way to keep it accurate. Here's the question I have for my friends out there that are called conspiracy theorists. And these are the people that that always think someone's up to something, that think that the election's rigged. I'm not calling you a conspiracy conspiracy theorist. That's what you are called and you know it. Let me throw this out there. How do you vet those people? I'm being serious. How do you vet them? So if you say we need However many X number of Republican vote counters, and we need this this many um, Democrat vote counters, and we're going to pair you up to count ballots. How many Republicans out there that think the election was stolen thinks that Democrats are going to register as Republicans to volunteer so you actually have two Democrats counting ballots and they cheat? Didn't think of that one, did you? You're going to have to vet them. You're going to have to make sure that they're real Republicans. Do you understand the problem? You are never going to satisfy some people. My issue here isn't with accuracy. I want accuracy like everyone else does. I want speed like everyone else does. But what we need to have is we need to have a system that largely people trust. If this test... From this bill that Kavanaugh is proposing shows people accuracy or inaccuracy. If it turns out that the machines are immensely inaccurate, then you've proven your point and we've got to come up with a better machine or a better system. But let's do the test. We keep saying we should know what this is before we have the election. Here's a way to do it. Let's see how well it goes. If you're a social media user, I am at BroomheadKTAR on Twitter. Mike Broomhead um, on Instagram is how you can find me. That's my; Those are my personal accounts. Uh, you can always find me there between shows. And speaking of being between shows, we're back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock. And I really do appreciate you spending part of your day with, with the show. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. So until then, God bless.